Hey, Marissa, are you ready to crush it? I would say I'm ready to crush it. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Let's do it. So today on Crush the Midterms, we had the absolute pleasure to speak with Jason Kander, who is kind of a jack of all trades in a lot of ways. Uh, Marissa, can you tell us about Jason Kander for our listeners who may not know? Absolutely. So you might have seen him on Twitter. He has over 300,000 followers. Or you might have seen him throughout the healthcare debates last year or on TV. He's really just everywhere. And that's because he's... He's run for a lot of different positions. He's served in a lot of different positions uh, in Missouri. And uh, he is the founder of Let America Vote, which is a really amazing organization that is dedicated to upholding voting rights and ending voter suppression. So um, that experience combined with his um, experience as a Missouri state rep and Missouri secretary of state and a current candidate for mayor of Kansas City made him just a supernatural choice to come and talk about our topic today, which is... It is, well, I, I kind of uh, jokingly titled the episode Door Knocking and Other Rings of Hell because <laughs> I will be the first to admit, so door knocking to me is so scary. So getting involved in a campaign in that way, and people are always very shocked to learn this about me. I'm obviously not a shrinking violet and I have no problem <laughs> speaking my mind and I, I talk for a living. But for me, there's something very anxiety riddled, like riddled about door knocking. And so I was super interested to talk to Jason about that piece of it and and kind of how to get over that. What about for you, Marissa? Is is door knocking particularly scary to you? So for me, door knocking is the type of thing where when I start out, I have some nerves. It's like, you know, first day of school or whenever you're doing something new (laughs) and you kind of have to just take that first step. And once you get into a groove, you feel fine. But um, for me, it's like, as soon as, even if someone opens the door and we don't have a great chat, just breaking the seal is really helpful to me. Sure. That being said, I totally get why it's scary. And all it takes is for one person to be rude to you to kind of knock you off your game. So yeah. it's it's definitely anxiety producing. And, and like you said, it's really easy to speak your mind behind a computer or behind mics as we're doing now or under a blanket as I'm doing right now. (laughs) The dirty secret of podcasting. I just want to let you all in on my secret that I am currently under two fire blankets. Um, I just I just want us to feel like we're creating community here. And so I'm going to be honest about my current situation. I am talking about door knocking from underneath a blanket. Exactly. (laughs) No, but seriously, it's like once you're out in the actual world and face to face with strangers and you're at their doorstep, it's very, it's very intimate. I mean, you're, you're basically asking to come into their home in some capacity and you don't know what you're going to get. Right. And what was so interesting about speaking with Jason is that, you know, his sort of passion and the importance he put on door knocking, not just to do it, but because it really shows how dedicated you are to a candidate and willing to put that work in and, and that sticks with people and that, and that sticks in people's minds. And that's very important to, you know, talking about community, creating a community. And even though it's really scary. And what's also really interesting is, you know, when people sign up for the crush the midterms tool and it asks for 
you know, what are your strengths? So we, we have a little bit of data about this. And what I found really cool is that 33% of respondents said that they are friendly and 26% said that they are talkers. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, that, but then also a lot of people said that they were extremely online. So right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like you're extremely online. Maybe you're friendly online. No, but I agree. It's, it's definitely an interesting indicator that um, all these people, I, I would say friendly connotes outgoing and sort of down for whatever a campaign needs. And, um, and that's the same, the same goes for door knocking and making phone calls. Those are definitely difficult things to do if you, um, are sort of more of an introvert, which, um, nearly 20% of respondents to crush the midterms that they were. But, uh, definitely we got more, more, uh, friendly people and talkers than introverts, which is super interesting. It is super interesting. And and I also really liked that even if you're an introvert or you have some other sort of accessibility issue maybe to doing something like door knocking, there are still other ways to get involved. And so, you know, I think we chose to focus on door knocking because it is such a touchstone of this conversation when you talk about volunteering. I mean, even President Obama was talking about grabbing your clipboard and, and hitting the streets. But there are so many other ways that you can get involved as well. And so I think what we're really asking for with this episode is just that you get involved in any way that you can. And I think what was also interesting is that we have some information about free time and and how much time people can give. So Marissa, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, part of uh, one question in Crush the Midterms is how much time can you devote to uh, volunteering from now until the election. So keep in mind, people um, could have answered this when we first launched in late July, or they could have answered it earlier today. Um, but um, the, you know, forty-two percent of people said that they could do at least once a month until the election, and then thirty-three um, percent, uh, almost thirty-four percent, said that they could do a couple hours a week, which is really amazing. I mean, that's just like a really solid commitment. And so I think it speaks to the the sheer energy around uh, volunteering. Um, and just to your point before, Devin, about, um, you know, if, if you can't do door knocking, it was interesting in our conversation with Jason, he did kind of reiterate that from his experience, door knocking is the most direct, has the most direct impact but, and I think that that is part of the reason why we're focusing on it. But it's another point he made is that there's no small job on, on a campaign. So if you can, if you say that you could devote a couple hours a week, but you're not able to go door knocking, that doesn't mean that you can't make an enormous impact, which is so important for people to know. You know, it, if you're helping stuff envelopes or Xerox things, there is a point there. There's a point to all of this. It's all culminating in the same thing, which is, you know, let's, let's win this election. Right. And I, and I think that, you know, people even just saying that they, even if you could help just once, if you can do one thing, that is not nothing. And it is worth doing that one thing. Even if you only have one afternoon from here until November 6th, 
that is something. And that is something that you can give. You don't have to door knock. You don't have to have an ongoing commitment. Just doing one thing one time. I think that was what I got from what Jason was saying about there are no small jobs. Doing one thing one time is a lot. And you don't have to commit to doing so, you know, you don't have to commit all of your free time to this. You can just do it. And I think that that is the most important thing you can do because it is so important because it really is volunteers that, that win elections, especially when we come down to this point. Y'all will hear this later on, no spoilers or anything, but he was saying that uh, last last year, um, Let America Vote, his organization knocked 30,000 doors for right. one state candidate in Virginia. That's amazing. Right. And I mean, and she won, which is why we're talking about it. <laughs> we only talk about the good ones. Um, no. And it, it really is so impactful. But, you know, I think that a lot of people hear door knocking and not only does it sound a little intimidating because they may have, um, you know, some fear about talking to strangers. It's also a huge commitment. I mean, it really is a big time commitment and, People are like, oh, I don't know, like I have to go all the way to the campaign headquarters and you get a list of, of doors to knock on. And I get that. But um, if you'll indulge me for a moment, I'd love to share a recent story that uh, I think helps show why it's worth it. So I was canvassing on Long Island. I am a Long Island native. I currently live in Brooklyn, but still a rep L.I., and I was canvassing for Luba Gretchen Shirley, who is running to unseat Peter King, the Republican incumbent in uh, New York's second congressional district. So I was walking around um, a town in her district and I came upon the door of a woman who, according to the records I had, was a registered Republican. But I... I I'm not sure. She might have voted Republican like once a long time ago. Unclear. Anyway, uh, she came to the door. She was super friendly. And I started telling her about Luba and um, what she stands for and how she is really championing working moms and, and family care. And this woman proceeded to tell me that, A, she hadn't heard about her. So she was really happy to get this information. And B, that she herself is a, a teacher, a New York City public school teacher, and a working mom, and who had recently, uh, in the past year and a half, had a baby and been diagnosed with cancer. Wow. And she was really worried about family leave, which was just instituted in New York, but she didn't have it for her first child. She luckily had it for her second child. But then also healthcare and imagining other women who were in her situation, who had just given birth, who were working, and found themselves without health care, without paid family leave, unable to take care of their families in the most basic way. And I told her, listen, Luba wants to do that. She wants to make sure that no one is in that position. And I didn't get a firm commitment, but I really felt like I made this really intense personal connection. And this stranger was willing to share such intense personal things about her life. And I was very honored that she trusted me with that information. And so I don't think I'll ever forget that. And I think I also, you know, picked up a voter in that exchange. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think that was the point I was trying to make earlier. I know, Marissa, you were so dedicated, but even if you just do it once, even if you canvas one afternoon, even if you send text messages for a couple of hours, there 
just doing something is really what's going to create this this momentum. It's going to create this movement. We can feel the blue wave, but we have to build it too. And and I think that that is ultimately what we're trying to get at with door knocking and my other personal rings of hell is that you get out there and you build it in whatever way you can. All right. So we are here with Jason Kander. He is the founder of Let America Vote, an organization uh, combating voter suppression, uh, a once Missouri Secretary of State and state rep, and just an all-around volunteering badass. And and we're going to talk about door knocking and, and all the other fun stuff that helps power a successful campaign. Yeah, he. I am exhausted just hearing his resume, honestly. <laughs> I feel very unaccomplished. <laughs> We're here with the Jason Kander. We're so excited. Um, so Jason, let's just start off. You've, you've worn a lot of hats. You've been Missouri Secretary of State. You've been a Missouri State Rep. You've run for Senate. And now you're running for mayor. And uh, today we're, gonna, we're talking about door knocking and volunteering, which you've had a lot of experience with. So we were just kind of wanted to start things off by asking you what you think is the inherent value of, of reaching voters in such a personal way. Well, the inherent value in it is that it just breaks through everything else. Uh, so th- there's a lot of different reasons why it's valuable. But in terms of winning, I mean, you know, in terms of uh, crushing the midterms, uh, it, <laughs> the, the value the value that it holds is that, you know, now that we're after Labor Day, people's TVs are just nothing but this person's bad, that person's bad, no, this person's bad. And, and it just at some point kind of becomes noise. And then now the same thing is happening online and, and even in their, in their little, in their inbox, like they're just getting mailers every day and something has to break through. And the, the most effective way to break through that is if somebody shows up on your doorstep and has a conversation with you about it. And it's not because the messaging or the words that they use are different. Oftentimes they're not. What it is is that somebody stands there and says, Hey, I'm not getting paid. I mean, this is implicit in the conversation, right? They're like, I'm not, I'm not getting paid to do this. Uh, in most cases, they're, they're just passionate and they're so passionate that they'll walk down the street, knock on doors and have what is, I mean, in nearly every case for most people, a pretty awkward interaction. Like here I am standing at your doorstep. We don't know each other. And I'm asking you to vote a certain way, or I'm asking you to go vote. That always stands out to people. Um, I'm going to go knock on doors uh, myself uh, just in a few hours here. I'm doing it, um, you know, most days, uh, at least several times a week. And then for myself, I knocked 20,000 doors my first race. I ran for the state legislature. And that's what absolutely what won me that campaign. And I still have people stop me all the time and mention to me that the time I knocked on their door. Now, if all that had happened in that race is I had sent them a bunch of mailers or showed up on their TV, they might still recognize me, but they wouldn't stop me on the street and, you know, feel like they know me. Yeah. And I mean, so. 20,000 20, doors, that's, that's a lot of doors. Um, and, and as you mentioned, yeah. it can be a bit of an awkward situation just showing up at someone's doorstep. So um, I'm curious if someone's about to knock doors for the first time and they're feeling a little daunted by the task, what would be your best advice for them? You know, my advice is to, is to try and have fun with it and, and to not be afraid to sort of acknowledge, like if you feel awkward about it, you have two ways you can go. One, you can just pretend that there's nothing awkward about it, right? You, if, you, if you sort of put on the armor and embody like a, hey, let's have a conversation, 
uh, vibe, then people will give that same vibe back to you. It's like anything else. You know, if you, if they come to the door and you say, and, and you just are really upbeat, it's like, hi, my name's Jason. And, uh, and I'm volunteering for this candidate. And I'd, I'd love to tell you why, if you have a minute, you know, just, you know, the, the campaigns that give you a script and the script is good, but it's much more natural to just have a conversation and just to tell people why you're doing what you're doing. Cause that passion is persuasive. Um, and then the other thing to keep in mind is that, uh, look, if you knock on a bunch of doors and a lot of people aren't home or if people slam a door in your face, that's okay. Like that's the process. I mean, it, it really, really makes a difference. Even if you, uh, even if they don't come to the door, even if all that happens is they see that, that, um, piece of literature on the door when they get back, they know, well, that campaign is putting in work and they know somebody cares enough about this candidate to want to go and do this. Um, that's really effective. I, I actually, I, I want to ask a quick question about the script because I know that you're given a script. And, and for me, I always have kind of low-level anxiety. Are, are, do you have to stick to the script exactly or are you allowed to go off script a little bit? I mean, I prefer to just pretend there's nothing awkward about a situation. That's definitely the way I do things. But but with that script and you're kind of given that, what, is there is there a lot of leeway there or as like the, you know, been on both sides of that. So as the candidate, do you want to see them more stick to that or, you know, I'm sure every campaign would tell you something different and I'm not, I mean, I'm a candidate, not a strategist. Right. But what I I would say is that when I always think of it as not memorization of a script or of the message, but of as internalization, you know, like read it over, get a sense for what you think it is, kind of put it in your own words and then say it to yourself a couple of times. You don't even have to write it down, but just, just have a conversation. Like I think particularly if you're knocking in uh, like in like your town, which in most cases you will be like for me, when I'm knocking for another candidate or a cause, um, you know, I usually will start out with uh, like, Hey, I mean, now it's a little different because I'm in Kansas city, like folks come to the door and they are more likely to know me. But like before that, I would always start out with like, Hey, uh, I'm Jason and uh, I live, you know, in this area. And I tell him, you know, which may be 10 minutes away or whatever, just to let them know, like, first of all, like I'm local. Um, and, uh, and if you're not, then you start and you lean into that, you know, it's like, like when I've knocked on doors with candidates in other States, I'm like, hi, I'm Jason. Um, I'm actually from Kansas city, Missouri. And I care so much about this that I'm here to talk to you about this cause, you know, whatever it is, just embrace it and lean into it. And, and then it's like, I just wanted to tell you why I like this candidate or what the issue is that motivated me. And then I think the most important part is to get into a conversation with them as quick as possible. Like, don't make it a monologue. So it's much more natural for everybody if you can get through your initial thing and then just say, is there an issue that's most important to you? Or it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't have to be like that. Like, it could just be like, hey, what's your dog's name? Like, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, just 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 get as quickly as possible to just a normal human interaction that two people would have who are meeting for the first time, you know? And, and I, and I think it's important. Something that, that I was told when I was canvassing recently is that when you're knocking on doors as a volunteer, you're not expected to be an expert. So if someone asks you a question, um, instead of getting flustered and, and freaking out, it's okay to say, you know, I'm not really sure about that point, but direct them to the website or, or say there's, there's more information here. So um, I, I, is that something that you would recommend as well? Yeah, don't feel like you got to know everything. In fact, I think it's always good to just pivot back to why you're standing on their doorstep. So if someone asks you something and you don't know the candidate's position on that, I, you know, I think you just say, you know, I don't actually know what their position is on that. Um, but I'll tell you, for me, I just... 
I, I just know this person, I guess, well enough to, I just really trust their judgment. Um, so, you know, and so it's just sort of like, so, I mean, I, I would encourage you to go to this website, look up what their position is, but I guess the reason I'm on your doorstep is because I know that whatever they've come to as to their belief on this, I know that they've met it. They've come to that belief really honestly. And that's really why I'm here, you know, or whatever, like, yeah. because that's, that's true in most cases. And, but I, but again, I just think the most important thing is get into a conversation. That's what people are going to remember. Like for me, like I, I will sometimes just start out with, hi, you know, I'm, I'm Jason. I'm, I'm volunteering in this election we got coming up. Uh, and then I'll just start with a real innocuous question to get them talking. Like, um, are you planning to vote in the election? And in most cases, like you're knocking a list of people who are definitely planning to vote, but either way, even if they're like, Oh yeah, of course, now you're in a conversation because you asked a question and they gave you an answer. Um, and it's just a much more normal interaction at that point. So if you are unable for whatever reason to knock on doors or even make phone calls, what what's another or maybe the next best thing you can do for a campaign to volunteer and get that, that like you said, that human connection element? So every uh, every task on a campaign is important. Like there's no such thing. I always say this: there's no such thing as uh, small jobs on campaigns. Everything, everything matters, and everything makes, uh, you know, like if you go to a campaign headquarters and they ask you to put stickers on flyers, like then that means that they really need those stickers put on the flyers. Like there, there's never a time in a campaign where people are like, just give this person something to do. Like th- there's always stuff to do, and by doing that. Uh, you are making it far more likely that uh, more flyers are available for more people to knock on doors and leave them on and leave those flyers on doors. So what I always tell people the most important thing is, is if you want to help a campaign, go to that campaign headquarters and don't say, Hey, here's what I'm good at. It's okay. If you have certain constraints, things you're not comfortable with doing, but like, I kind of always joke that it seems like there's always somebody who shows up and is like, I, I think I'd be a good speech writer. And it's like, okay. But uh, like when I was running for when I was running for the state legislature, like I didn't get that many chances to give a speech, uh, you know. And and when I when I did, it was usually like in somebody's living room to like fifteen people, and I didn't really need anybody to write it. I would you know write down three bullet points on a piece of paper and talk about why I was running, and then take questions. So you know, there's you. It's pretty high up the chain before speechwriter is even a job, um, and and so. I kind of use that example as like when people would come in and be like, I think I'd be really good at writing speeches. Frequently we'd be like, Oh great. Well, we really appreciate that right now. We really need somebody um, to load these yard signs into, into this guy, Mike's pickup truck. Cause Mike's <laughs> going to deliver for us. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, the most important thing is show up and be like, what do you need? And, and if you're not able to show up for accessibility reasons, if you have, you know, some physical restraints and stuff like that, um, can you call a district office or email them and say, you know, I I need to do things from home. What can I do? Absolutely. In fact, um, we have a, uh, at Let America Vote, we have a distributed organizing program uh, that, you know, we've got about 70,000 folks signed up nationwide to volunteer. So people can, uh, so anybody listening to this, they can on their cell phone, if they text the number to the number four, four, nine, three, nine. So text four, four, nine, three, nine, and just text the word vote. VOTE, um, then we will hook you up with ways to, uh, you know, either organize or just do your own little phone bank out of your house. You can you can call folks. Uh, in some cases, there's you know where you can text folks. I mean, so you can make a difference on races all over the country. Um, I mean, we live in a in a in an age where 
we should be doing everything possible to make volunteering convenient and easy to do. And that that's what we're doing. So, um, but for anybody out there who is able to go knock on doors, I do want to emphasize that that really, if you can do it, it is the most effective thing. And, and all of this stuff that we're talking about just goes into the category of, you know, sitting at home and waiting on, you know, like the blue wave as if it's a weather event, you know, like there's a weather <laughs> report that's going to, like sure. that ain't going to do it. Like we got to build the wave. You go out, you knock on the doors. I mean, it's a, it's a human made um, event, not a, you can't, you can't watch the weather report for a democratic blue wave. <laughs> Very well said. Kind of on the, 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 the topic of let America vote, which you, you founded. I mean, this, this educating people about voting rights and, and voter suppression, and it doesn't really get a lot of attention. So how does that fit into getting out the vote for November? And, and how do we make it part of candidate stories? Well, it's huge because so the way that we operate, like our mission is to create political consequences for voter suppression. And the way we do that is we go out and we beat in elections uh, incumbents who have been bad on voting rights and we replace them with pro-democracy candidates. So, you know, um, for instance, in 2017, we knocked in over 203,000 doors um, in two states. We helped flip seven seats in the Virginia House of Delegates, helped elect the first Democrat to the Manchester mayor's seat over a decade, helped elect Governor Ralph Northam in Virginia. So that stuff I mean, that makes a difference on voting rights because you, you put people in place who will do the right thing on voting rights. And and as I sit here right now, you know, our team uh, has knocked on well over 200,000 doors um, across our five states just in the last couple of months. So uh, if, if you want voters to hear your message and get out to vote, you have to go meet them where they are and knock on the doors, make the phone calls. That's what we're doing. And the, at the heart of it is just making sure that Republican elected officials across the country understand that um, suppressing the vote is no longer a consequence-free exercise. Like, yeah. you know, it's not just a question of you do it and then maybe your state loses a lawsuit, but the voters never hold you accountable. Like, we are going to make sure that you're held accountable. I like to jokingly, half-jokingly say that we created big voter uh, because it, <laughs> it needed to exist. And do you so so do you explicitly hammer these Republican candidates on their voting rights record or is it just like generally trying to get them out of office and replace them? And that's sort of just like a a nice byproduct of it. So we you know, our folks are out there. They're wearing Let America Vote gear, which always starts conversations about voting rights. And at the at the higher levels, like our communications operation engages in the debate over voting rights uh, at all levels at the doors. Our focus is on uh, delivering that political consequence. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, we were involved uh, in, in Virginia, like I said, in 2017. Um, a lot of people listening to this may remember uh, or may be aware of Danica Rome, who now is yes. a, a member of the Virginia, Virginia House of Delegates. Amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, so for those who don't know, D- Danica Rome is a, is a trans woman who ran against a Republican incumbent who had a terrible record on voting rights and was the sponsor of the transgender bathroom bill in Virginia. Danica Rome's campaign was not about voting rights and it wasn't about, um, trans rights. Uh, Danica Rome's campaign was about traffic in Northern Virginia. So what our, uh, interns and, and volunteers were doing was knocking on doors in her district. I think we knocked over 30,000 in her district and we were talking about that very same issue. And as a result, there is 
uh, one fewer person uh, in the state legislature there who was bad on voting rights and one uh, and, and, a, and a person who was good on voting rights there. And Republicans in that state and all throughout the region know that, you know, if you vote the right way on voting rights, maybe let America vote won't show up in your district and beat you. <laughs> so you're this looming threat. <laughs> I think we'll we'll let you go. But before we do, just how are you feeling about our chances of of taking back all levels of government in November? You know, I'm I'm feeling uh, really energized. Like I think a lot of people are around the country. Um, I mean, I see it as I'm I'm campaigning for mayor. My election is next year, but. Uh, I see the energy that's out there. We've had a lot of people get engaged with us. A lot of people, as I've been out knocking on doors for myself, but also for Claire McCaskill, I'm just, I mean, you can see the level of energy out there. Uh, and now I think we're, we're in the phase of, you know, execution. I mean, I, I always think of this uh, as like kind of similar to like my context for it. I always think of it as similar to when I used to have to take the army PT test and I would, I would dread it months before it was time and the hardest part i've never been a great runner and the hardest part for me on the physical fitness test was um you know was the running and i knew exactly where the spot was like on the course that i usually had to run like i knew the last hill and i knew what time i needed to get to that hill in order to have a chance to to be fine and pass the test and i and i always would imagine that i was going to get to that hill and just like you know, once I hit it at the right time, I'd be like, okay, I'll cruise in. And every time what would happen is I'd get to that hill, I'd look at my watch and go, okay, I got it. And then I would get a shot of adrenaline and I would sprint the last quarter mile. That's what we have to do at this point in a campaign. Like it's, it's, we've done the work. We've, we've put in the time we've hit that hill. There's no question. We've hit that hill at the right timestamp. And now if we do the, if we sprint that last quarter mile, then we're going to have a really, really good election night. And if we cruise in, we don't know what's going to happen at all. So we just got to sprint the rest of the way, execute, and we'll win. So a 55-day sprint. We're ready. Let's do this. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much, Jason, for speaking with us and and talking to us about door knocking. It is definitely a daunting task for a lot of people, myself included. It is not, it is not something I'm great at. <laughs> Well, I, I, appreciate, anyway. <laughs> I appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about it. And the one last thing I'd say just to incentivize anybody who's listening, if they're still not sure about knocking on doors, is uh, that there's one couple that my wife and I uh, are so close to that we actually vacation with. And we met them uh, knocking on their door in my state legislative race in 2007. Like, if That's you amazing. do this... Yeah, if you do this with enthusiasm and you do it with an open mind and an open heart, you make a lot of friends. And uh, I'm going, you know, on vacation over New Year's with that same couple, just like we did last year. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so if anything, if you want some new friends, go knock on some doors and uh, protect democracy while you're at it. There you go. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you, Jason. And good luck next year. Thanks. I appreciate it. Talk okay. to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> um, Jason rules. Hope he comes back. Yeah, he, he is honestly, he is so charming. I understand why door knocking works so well for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really easy for Jason to say, like, I just knock on the door and and talk to people. Whereas I'm like, uh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. No, but it, it was inspiring uh-huh. to hear. And even if you're if you're as charming as Jason or as awkward as me, either is fine because it's all useful. 
So in, in that vein, we really want to hear how you are crushing the midterms. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but we have a little more than 50 days left till election day, which is so crazy. And uh, we really hope that you're out there pounding the pavement, hitting the phones, hitting the texts, whatever you're doing, writing postcards. So please share your stories with us. Um, you can do that on Twitter. Um, you can add us at at crush 18 midterms or hashtag crush the midterms. Um, we love to see it all and just uh, send us your selfies, tell us your stories, and we would uh, love to share them with the rest of our budding community. That would be amazing. And so this week, we want to give you another call to action. So something concrete that you can do today, this week, after you listen to the show. So there are there are two. So first, I want you to find out who your representatives are and if they're up for election. And then look at other local races that may need some help. For example, I'm really close to California 25, which is a very competitive race right now. And so I can help out over there. Even though it's not exactly my district, I could still help out. And then volunteer one afternoon, just one like we were talking about earlier, to do the action that you either are either most or least comfortable with, depending on, on how you want to approach this. But if you think you can do some door knocking, go for it. Phone banking, calling, and texting are all great too. Even something like printing out, writing, and mailing postcards to remind people to register and vote is a huge help. So either, you know, work with what you can do and just dedicate one afternoon to it. And that would be amazing. I also want to reiterate something that Jason said. If you text the word vote to 44939, then Let America Vote will connect you with all sorts of ways to help get out the vote and help get these these candidates elected. So I think those are two great calls to action that you can, you know, you can do this week. And honestly, like it feels it feels so good to do this stuff and I know it's supposed to be about like serving democracy but after I went canvassing I got a root beer float because (laughs) why not yeah it feels good (laughs) it feels really really good it feels like you're making a difference and if you are overwhelmed with everything that's going on like so many of us are the best remedy to that is to do something do an action commit to it and make your plan make a plan at crush the midterms crush the midterms dot org absolutely so Thank you all so much for listening. Marissa, thank you. Thank you. We will see you all here next week. We will have another amazing guest and tell you how to crush it as we approach the 2018 midterms. Bye. Crush the Midterms is a production of Hellbent Media. It's produced by Devin Handy, Marissa Cabus, Marsha Venkatasubaramiam, Josh Handler, and the whole team at Purpose. You can find more information at crushthemidterms.org and sign up to get your own personalized plan. You can also find us on hellbentmedia.com. We love Twitter. Come follow us at hellbentpod or at crush18midterms and share your story. Together, we are going to crush these midterms. Crush the midterms.